On today's episode of Strike Gold, we're going to give you the cheat sheet of some of the best people we've interviewed so far. So you pretty much don't need to listen to anything ever again. You're listening to Strike Gold with Jonathan Kahn and Roy Provarchik. Hey, Roy. How you doing? Hey, Jonathan. What's up? Good. So today uh, we're going to try and do something different a little bit. We've been going 18 episodes strong so far. 18 episodes. This is like 17 more episodes than anybody thought we'd do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so fuck you all. We yeah. Uh, Non-believers. No, 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 not fuck you. Like, listen, we need the subscribers yeah, yeah. and the reviews. Share. Yeah, share. Yeah. <laughs> like, share. Uh, anyway, uh, so what we were saying, we, we had this talk the other day, and we were talking about, like, the interview, some of the interviews that we did, some of the interviews. It's even more than that. Like, I noticed that I, I quote stuff from the interviews that we did with in, in yeah, meetings. Yeah, but you only quote the things you say, which is Yeah, weird. I quote myself. As Jonathan once said in that podcast of his, <laughs> no, but I, I quote stuff, and, and, and Roy was saying he also. Instagram as your own quote. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be actually really funny. I think we're gonna do that. Now. That's what Gary Vee does, basically. That's, oh my god! If you think about it, that is what he does. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm doing it too. You want to see how I ruined the entire Gary Vee brand for you in one sentence? This guy has probably said, "Hey, you know what? You should take my picture doing this like hundred times a day." You know what would be cool? You take a picture take my of me. Picture doing this. Oh man. And now, and now the entire brand is ruined. There's no, there's no coolness in this anymore, right? You oh feel God. the awkwardness in every picture now. It's funny that like you don't think about that, but that is what's happening right there. Every time you see something like this, is gonna boost our numbers. Take a picture of me doing this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people will love me. Yeah, like, uh, take a picture of me look, uh, looking at my phone and say like I'm hustling. Do it. Do it. Uh, like, do it yeah, hustle. Right. I want hustle on this. R- yeah. Write write that down, secretary who walks around <laughs> near the camera guy. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Gary's cool. He's a cool dude. Be on our podcast. I don't know. What is it called? Hustle porn? Do you know the thing? Yeah, the hustle porn. I think I think both angles are stupid, by the way. What? Saying that you shouldn't be saying go watching hustle porn? And no, saying thing, like, like being against the hustle porn and then being pro. Like the, the whole situation is just stupid. It's no. like basically you, like all these people who say that you shouldn't follow like hustle porn, they fucking hustle the brains out of their like. And do, like, do I remember the first time when you heard the term hustle porn and you went to Pornhub and you were like, why am I not finding anything? <laughs> yeah, I was And then Gary Vee showed up. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you should leverage every fucking channel. I am on everything. <laughs> we need to be on Pornhub for hustle porn. You know what? I want to I edit that video I, I, I would, and post it. I, I kind of feel like hustle porn would be like... Uh, like you know people what? just bothering you while you're doing stuff. <laughs> no, no. Be like, hey, you want to have? Se- oh, it's a married couple. You want to have sex? Oh, you want to have sex? 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 Stop! What are you trying to hustle me here? Trying to make some sort of deal? Bam! Hustle porn. No, uh, no. I would just like when I ha- like it'll be. You go to Pornhub. You, you search for hustle porn, and then you see like a lot of people just working really hard. Oh. There's no nudity. Nothing happens. It's just like it's like an Asian person sitting in China, sitting at his desk, and he's just like working. <laughs> and it's and people putting papers on the desk and it just keeps it's and disappearing the only, going into the other thing stack, the only thing you working. have is like the timer like, like it's 2 a.m. 3 a.m. and he's working oh my god and that's like uh, you know what I'd make that my screensaver <laughs> well I think I think there's a support isn't this what Twitch does basically that is kind of true <laughs> anyways what we were trying to say was that we have been quoting and listening to specific things that really like hit us during these different interviews with amazing people that we've had so far and we thought today, why not like just go through some of them and give you like the shortcut, the short list of the coolest things in our opinion that we learned from these episodes. Right. 
Um, this way, you can pretty much knock them. You know, you won't need to listen to anything. <laughs> that's how. That's how you can go into conversation, quoting other people without having to read like the whole thing. As Ben Pine says, so, <laughs> that's actually the best. That's the only name I pronounced correctly in yeah. all of them. So, so uh, basically, also like the strategy was that if you mention all these people in one episode, we can tag them all on Facebook when we post this episode. Oh my God, that's actually really. Who showed me that? Someone showed me that strategy on a on a LinkedIn, LinkedIn thing. Did you see that also? No, it's just like I mean, I'm good at what I do. Oh, I know that's how to true. Do <laughs> no, someone showed me like this woman had a horrible interview, horrible video content, but she did selfies with all these different people in a conference. So what she did, she made a, uh, yeah. the interview and then posted the pictures in the video and tagged all the people in there so that they all shared it, saw it, and other people. I wanna, you know what? I wanna give one piece of uh, information. Just okay. Because. So there's a concept. I'm actually, I'm, 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 I'm pretty going to pitch my thing right now. This is it. The first quote is from this episode. So, <laughs> no. Uh, I'm working right now on a, on a book and course about distribution. It's called The Ultimate Distribution Machine. It's going to be the name of the book. You're writing a book? Yeah, I am. Holy shit. Yeah, I've been doing this for like 10 years now, so any minute now. I'm anyway, also no. writing a book. It was the journal my teacher in first grade told me to write. <laughs> what did Still you do working today? on that. <laughs> anyway, so, I'm, so I'm working on this thing, and one of the concepts that we're using, that we're using in strategies, and I, I, I feel is really interesting or important in terms of uh, distribution, there's a thing called, we call distribution hooks. So it's when you put something inside your content and or your... Uh, uh, video, text, whatever, that is the entire purpose is help you with distribution. So, for example, think about selfies in your social media is like a distribution hook, saying, like, I'm going to mention these five people in this episode, for example, and I'm going to tag them. That's a distribution hook because you previously think about what can I do here that will help me distribute better. So, for example, if you're writing a blog post and you're using references from other people's blogs, so you know that every person that you mention, their article, you can send them an email saying, hey, so, like, I noticed this in this article, you mentioned you, just take a heads up, thanks for the article. And you know that this person right now is actually more likely to, first of all, know who you are. So, if you're trying to reach, like, higher-ranked people or influencers, that's like, an amazing strategy because you're not asking for anything. But now this person knows who you are um, and better chance of them distributing it. So, with some of our clients, for example, we had this uh, the listing strategy where you we wanted to... Um, we basically want to get in the environment or like the community of startups like Slack or InVision or like the bigger players. And we were working with a three months old startup. Uh, and the strategy there was that we started creating those, um, we started creating those, uh, you know, 17 product managers you should follow, 12 customer success managers you should follow. And the trick was also always to take 30% uh, big shots. 70 percent like smaller upcoming stars the reason is that let's say you're a product manager and you're working for i don't know fiverr netflix what well yeah you know let's say, take netflix nobody knows who you are nobody knows that these people are not rock stars yeah but now you put them in the list with jack dorsey from twitter and all that because he's a good product manager then it ups their their value yeah so he doesn't well. care jack would never share this he doesn't care like yeah. he he gets enough press and uh but that person who's right now is like, nobody knows who it is. And he's been mentioned with a list of these big top stars. He's like, oh my God, I'm in this. I have to share this everywhere. And they're going to distribute it. So the idea of, of implementing a piece of content or like something in your content that is, uh, will help you distribute it later, we call distribution hooks. And then when you build your new content, you have to think about it in your strategy. You have to think how you're going to 
implement this within your content. So when she does the selfies with all these people, that's a distribution hook. Yeah. Because it has no value to the content necessarily, or it does, but it's in a very specific way. But the entire thing is like, if I do this, I can later on distribute it through this and this channel. Right. So uh, the, the example is like if we mention six different people now, when we post this, we can tag all of them. That's a, dis- that's a distribution hook. Wow. Right. That's um, that's interesting. But what, I, what I'm thinking now is like, okay, so now everyone starts doing that. Mm-hmm. What is it going to look like? Like what is this mess? It's, it's, already, like? it's, already, it's already that. I think. Like I see a lot of our first doing we, that. But for, it was like. First of all, most. But why did we not do it before? So the idea was like we I did it. Did it when I, we tag the person who's <clears throat> in the podcast, you know, even, even oh no, not talking about us. I'm uh, talking about like culture of marketing and everything. Like before that, it, it was like I wanted my quote to come out or people to quote me or quote quote my article. And now you're saying we can get it to more people if you quote as many people as possible. So if you wrote like a list of like the ten most uh, important quotes that's going to help you uh, engage your marketing, yeah. you're able to put ten different people on there. That would be more valuable than you saying, here's 10 lessons that you need to know because it was well, just distribution-wise. Well, you no, but you have to create a mix. So what you can do is you can take 10, 10 lessons learned from. And like a lot of the lessons you learn are basically inspired by somebody else or something you went through. Mm-hmm. So you can either go through saying, okay, one of the things that I've learned doing my business, blah, 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 is this and this. Uh, I got inspired by, and then you can mention that person. But also you, you have to make sure that it's native to your content. No, yeah. no, I get that. It's not like, like this and this person once, and like every second sentence would be like, like this person said, like this person said. Not what, like Krusty the Clown from Simpsons. Yeah. If you're doing a marketing post. <laughs> but, um, so, so basically, uh, you just have to make it native, but that's something you need to take into consideration. Boom. So this is kind of like If you think about the entire selfie kind of strategy of marketers... So you can tag a bunch of different people. You tag all these people. First of all, it's just like social proof. I've been meeting Now in the stories is even more. They repost your story and then... One of the... Like if you go and see what Instagram influencers do, mostly models... Is that, oh, my best friend, my best friend. And they basically, they're just tagging each other. Yeah. They're, it's crazy. It's like yeah. a ladder. Yeah. They're just like, each one is helping each yeah, other up. But that's, so that's like the shout outs. Like, for, that's what a lot of marketers do. No, but now, you know what? Like, as just a normal human being, I think when a, I mean, I have to find a way to do that with Instagram so I can get some bigger Instagram people to. to so I, I can give you a, a perfect example. Um, I think uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I did this thing where I just like, hey, these are the top five people that inspire me with my Instagram stories. And I tagged, uh, I tagged Rob Hanley that we talked about and mm-hmm. mentioned earlier. I talked, uh, like I tagged just like people who I love their story styles and how they do it. So that was my version of saying like, hey, I'm noticing you. They get a mention. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Right. But ah, you, you know what I did? You have to reverse I did that during, I was in, um, in the off event. And I was watching all these amazing like studios that do all these three D animation mm-hmm. stuff, and I would videotape him and be like, "This guy was awesome," and then tag him, and then he repost that in his thing, and it would be like, "Oh, now we got." It. Yeah, and like, and and what most people don't understand is that a lot of people you want to connect with, they're not superstars. Like, uh, you know, thing we talked about, we talked about Gary V. So he gets like one billion emails a day or whatever, but most of these people aren't that popular. Yeah, like they're stars in like their very own small niche. Um, so it's really easy to get to them. For me, like I think that that's like one, that's like one of the best strategies because that's how you get influencers to share your content really easily. Cool. So like uh, when we do like a listing, we sometimes send them like, oh, we also did like this Instagram thing. Uh, we're doing post, and they have like their face in front instead of like other people. 
So when they want to share with you, when they get the email saying we mentioned you, they also get like like feeling like they were the star of the article. I actually got this. Like, we started doing this because I read an article about how they used to market Lost. You remember the show? Yeah, of course. So uh, in the Asians market, they wouldn't use like Jack and, and, and Sawyer as main characters in the posters. They would use like the Asian characters. Yeah, I've seen this article, I think. Right. Uh, and for like when places that it was more like woman powered based, so you would see, what was her name? Uh, um, I don't remember the character's name. I don't remember name. her name. Evangeline Lily, something like that. That's her name, like the, the person's name. Mm-hmm. So they would put her in the front, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's kind of the same trick. Cool. All right. Okay, so it's like so you're already getting the first like piece of information you should use from an episode is this one, yeah. which is the secret to why you should do this episode. This, this, remember when, uh, when they had, used to have like... Uh, uh, compilation albums like when you have like yeah, a, yeah of course where like uh, Bon Jovi's greatest hits and you always have like the 10 songs that everybody knew and there's like always oh, the new one yeah, yeah. To, so the bonus is, track yeah this is what we did right now so nice. you have to buy the whole album cool we just did it at the start boom yeah you, you, can, you can actually leave now uh, <laughs> uh, alright so what was the top one I wanted to start with well I, I think wanna... you have a favorite I, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it but I think you have a favorite guest I feel like I don't want to no, the one I mentioned the most is now I feel like I've said it too much. Um, but I, let's say, okay, Elementor, right, with uh, with Ben Pines, right? Ah, that's a twist because there's so, another person you mentioned. No, no, I, I... Okay. For me, everything is about, like, relevance to what's going on right now. So, like, for me, um, something about... He, he said something about, like, quality. He said that, you know, the real the real thing that creates this loyalty and creates this, this fan base and everything is that you you put out really good quality stuff, right. right? Now, that makes sense, right? It just makes sense. You would assume that if you're putting out a good quality product or quality, like, marketing or whatever, that's going to be great for you. But, like, there's also an aspect of, like, you know, I work with a lot of companies. A lot of people, it's always about getting things out as fast as possible, and it's not always about the quality level. They're just like, let's put the content. Let's get the thing out there. Let's get it out there. And in my head, I've always felt like, you know, especially as a person who consumes lots of content, I'm always feeling like if it's not at a high level of quality or if there's not a reason for it to look in a bad level of quality as if they made a decision to have that happen, then I feel like I'm being slightly disrespected by the content. Like, how dare you, you know, try to push this in front of me when it's a piece of crap? Right. You didn't invest time in it. Why am I supposed to? And then when he was talking about it, it's, it, it made it more obvious to me that, like, this 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 concept of quality ends up creating loyalty and and right. really a bond with the person, um, and I thought that was really great. And as I'm seeing it like today, like in, in things that I'm doing, I'm I'm constantly pushing and saying we should lift the quality. Like we shouldn't just put stuff out there just for to put it out there. I I agree. I I, I think so. I think quality. So they're using quality as a strategy. Um, what I mean by quality as a strategy is that their quality is like, throughout the entire process. It's not just, like, a very high-quality product. Also, the marketing materials for this. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And, the but it's quality materials. and consistency because they're releasing a lot of things. They do still do release things fast, but they keep quality very high, and they market their quality over and over and over. I mean, the product also is supposed to deliver a certain level of quality. I mean, you're making a website. You want your, your website to look quali- yeah. like high quality. So I understand that that even ties into the brand. But there are a lot of companies who also create stuff that they think is creating good quality, uh, like products for the people, whatever the startup is. So, 
and their quality of their content is not at the level of what you're telling people you're going to be able to create with it. So, I, so I th- yeah, so I think, I think what's, what's looping more is that they judge quality by really understanding their users. I think the, bi- the biggest gap is that a lot of people say, oh, this is high quality. But high, like, quality is determined uh, by how other people perceive you, not by how much money or time you spend into it. So, like, for example, you can put in, like, really quality information in a bad, in a bad filmed video because if what the marketer needs from you is, like, high-quality information and they get that part. He actually said that. He said that about the landing page, you know, about how to build yeah. a landing page that, they, that the uh, CEO created a, a small video, even with a bad accent and everything, created right. a small video, but a really good, informative video. And it was, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so if, I don't think, think quality of, has to do with money. I think it does have to do with the... It's how it's You're perceived. Right. It's how, it's, how perceived. it's perceived, right? It really is. So, for example, if you go, if you look for different weird hacks, um, scraping, all the weird shit you can do on social. And so a lot of the time the video would be like this Russian dude with a really bad accent. The video is horrible. But what he's saying, like, this, this is what I came to learn. And this is something I will not get anywhere else. So this is high quality for me. Yeah. Uh, when you're competing with a high mass market. Uh, so, for example, with blogging, it's really, really hard to 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 um, pinpoint what is high quality. Is it the writing? Is it the topic? Is it the design? Because there's so much content out there for most topics is that what will make you high quality is like a very small factor for one person versus the other. Okay, I'm understanding that. I, I, that's something interesting because like as you're talking about like the types of blog posts I consider really high quality, there's like an email that goes out. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's like finitize or something some Hmm. weird thing and the way that they format the the article is written in a way that's perfect for me so i consider it to be the highest quality type of like content out there they write on the top how long it will take on average to read the whole thing right that's the first thing on top of like a little number that tells you how long and then they have like this is what's going on and then the next chat next paragraph after is like what is this how is this going to affect me or how is this relevant to me as just a normal human being like, oh, this is the way that they format it so that you can kind of, like, get the frame of mind. And it works great for me. Yeah. So it really is. I mean, I guess how you write it according to how you want, the, you know, your your users or your yeah. your readers to read it. Um, well, so, I, yeah, that's the first one for me. Yeah. I also, what I really liked about, what, about their strategy was, like, the featured marketing. How they really worked really oh, yeah, well yeah. to market new features. That, I think that was one of the best advices. That, so I also, okay, so... I think, okay, so feature, like, if you're releasing a feature thing, that's great. But I also thought that just features in your product, there are small, tiny features in your product that are the the, the sweet, like, that's the nectar. That's it. That's the one thing right. that you can turn around. You can convince anyone to be like, oh, I have this thing. And they're like, ah, whatever. We've seen a million of those. But but I can do this. And you'd be like, oh, that's awesome. That's what you need to feed. That's right. what you need. Take that feature, put it on a pedestal, create tons of content around it, create all kinds of different things. Um, that for me is like, it's awesome. Like if I turned around and said to you, here's a uh, quick video editor app on your phone, you'd be like, oh, okay, I have like a million video editing apps right. on my phone. But if I turn around and say, this one will immediately, like automatically do the subtitles, you're like, wait, that's freaking awesome. So then take that concept and say, wouldn't it be great if you could, like I'm thinking of videos and marketing content, but I'm saying, imagine making small 15 second videos of like, what if you could have subtitles for anything in life? 
right? And then have, let's say, your wife is yelling at you in the morning and the subtitles explain exactly what she wants. Or, you know, you're ordering in a, you went on a on plane to China and in China you're ordering a sandwich and you don't understand what they're saying, there's subtitles on the bottom. You could create this content that's really good all about this one feature and right. that could be, like, amazing. Um, yeah, I love that too. But the, the, for me, the quality thing was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm annoyed with the concept that because everyone wants to move so fast, they release something that's not good. And yeah. I think that you kind of sharpened it because in my eyes, I did think a little bit more about like the idea of the quality being something that maybe you need to spend more money on and more time on. But you're right. If it's more accurate and it hits the spot, then that's good enough. You know, that's yeah. good. That's good enough to be considered high quality. High, so high quality is, uh, is, is eventually perception. What's helpful for one and not the other is basically perception. Um, I think that one thing that I also thought was really interesting and smart, and actually ties up, I think, to three different episodes. I feel like I should ask you, what episode got you to think about something, Roy? <laughs> well, Jonathan, I'm happy you asked. Uh, <laughs> no, I think one of the notions that I got was basically tied through, uh, I, I got it from three different, really different episodes. I'm thinking about the episode we had with uh, with Gennady about uh, Memento. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about the episode with uh, the interview with Popton about um, um, the, um, the opt-in forms plugin for WordPress. And I also, we got a lot of this talking with Ben from Elementor. Is that the three of them really invest hard, like invest in relationships. Mm-hmm. So like both Popton and Elementor uh, have like huge communities that they've built over time. Poplin started the community and creating content and value before they even had the product. The first thing they did was like creating the community and for Ben also mentioned how the community was a really yeah. big issue for them. And Gennady doesn't really talk about a community but he t- talks about like the relationships that he built that helped him get where he is with like the Apple folks and all those. Yeah, well so, it's kind of a community also basically creating a community where everyone talks right. about what uh, stuff's going on around the Apple events was right. kind of a community. Yeah, so but so it, yeah. I feel like a, like a, I'm not going to say that I'm not I'm not going to say that oh, you have to build a community communities are awesome. They, they are it was always that way. Um but I think that the approach where they basically create this um place for their followers to speak together, you can actually it's more of a, it's like it's more important than customer support in a way because it's basically a way where you feel comfortable to speak about the product, you talk, you consult with each other. You know what you, this reminds me of? This reminds me of like the whole um I don't know if you've seen this, like the videos that explain why cats were such are such a phenomenon on the internet. Why? It's based on like what you're just saying now. Because dog walkers the people who have dogs would have the dogs and go for a walk and they'd go to dog parks and they'd meet other people with dogs. But cats don't really have a thing where you walk mm. your cat. So what happened was this is a huge community of people who are very diehard fans on the pet that they have, but they didn't have people they could cherry with. And that's how we had cat ladies, which were horrific, right. which were people wearing cat sweaters of their cats and collecting bags but and cats. Uh, but um, but, the, but when we released the Internet, all of a sudden you gave them a voice, a place where they could all communicate with each other and share the love that they have for this creature. All of a sudden it became this massive thing, this living organism of people who love trends online. So you're just saying you're giving them the space to kind of commute and communicate and connect with other people who love something. Yeah, exactly. It's like um, you give them a place to communicate, but also just about like fostering that and showing gratitude and being there for them. And I'm always wondering, what's the tone of voice on these types of things? I know this is weird, like a weird thing. Like I, I, well, I, really, I'm not I sure think, you have think, the answer. No, I th- it really depends on the community. 
So I think... Um, Do you go, like, like you're humble, right? So there's even at Wix, there was a thing where they sent out an email. And this was after they had millions of users. They sent out an email that was from the CEO. Who knows? If it was, I don't think it was really from the CEO. But whatever. It was signed from the CEO. It was, an e- it was like a Gmail-looking email. Um, kind of, like, very simple. Just text saying, like, I want to thank everyone. And I'm wishing us all a new, you know, like a new yeah. year and blah, 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 blah. And it was, I think, it, I'm not sure if till today, but it was it was one of the biggest email open rates that they ever had. Like, it was, like, huge. It was this humbling moment, even from a massive company. Right. So you're saying humble, which is a very nice thing. So that should probably be included in most of that. 100%. Because, eventually, well, eventually the community is, like, the, the, the magic is that you feel approachable. That basically, what, what you love, I think what most people love about product-based communities is that there's this huge company. Think about even think about companies like InVision or like you feel these companies are so distant from their users, but once you have the community and this person is working there is answering you, yeah. or like there there's a there's an interlink there. So I think that has a lot of power, but I also think that it's a really good place to study about your users and really understand what they need. And it helps you to kind of skyrocket whatever you're doing. Like a lot of these people do, uh, what's it called? Like feature lists where any yeah. any person can go like write out a feature that they love and then the other yeah. ideas. But but even more than that, for me, I'm I'm wondering if when someone recommends a feature, How you, do you communicate know? with them in a marketing tone, in a friendly tone, in a uh, like a technical tone. Like what is the way think, that you I, talk it, to so people? I think it depends on where the conversation takes place. If it's in like on Facebook groups, whatever, then it's always friendly. Um, and I think that if you go, hey, do you want, do you want to talk with our product guys uh, or girls, whatever, and they'll be like, yeah, so then maybe the tone gets a little bit more uh, formal. But that's also where no, you kind of... I understand. But that's, that's, also, that's also a good strategy because, like, you have your buddy there, and they're like, oh, he's going to give, like, send me to the like the, like the big girls, the big guys. Yeah. So they're going, like, so... Someone actually, I was on, um, like, the premium group at Powtoon, mm-hmm. and I, I made a post... And someone wrote me, like, something completely irrelevant to my post. He wrote, like, oh, here's a feature idea or whatever. And I was like, hmm, I don't really know this. I am just started, yeah. like, working with Powtoon a little bit. And then I was like, I don't really know the tone of voice they're going to use or that they, yeah. the community person would rather me use. So I was like, I wrote three different versions. And I went up to the community, like, which one, <laughs> what tone? And he looked at me very strangely. And I was like, no, wait, this, the, this is really important. Of this course. is not, like, a joke. Listen, I need to voice, know which one. Tone of voice is the most important thing to have in your brand while going online. Because tone of voice is basically how people are going to experience your brand. Tone of vo- A lot of people think tone of voice is simply just like, are you friendly or not? But it's, it goes deeper because tone of voice can be the images you choose to use. Are you negative or positive as, as a person? Are you sarcastic or not? Uh, are you empowering? Do you start everything like, well, like, awesome guys, you're so awesome. Or just like, hey, there's something you don't want to talk with you about today. I literally thought that it would be a really interesting thing to respond. I don't know. I mean, for me, video is a lot faster. So I thought it would be really funny to just, like, respond in video. I'd be like, hey, man. So I, I thought... That's also a tone of stuff. voice decision, by the way. In a way. You know what yeah, I mean? I guess what you're saying is, yeah, that's true. I wonder if that's actually, if it's more time or less time for someone who's running a community to just, like, respond to everything in videos or not. Yeah. Because we think of, like, videos, like, oh, video. But really, if you just have a camera you can just like turn it on and be like yeah no but al- but also the person who receives like a video comment I think is, is happy because yeah he, that's really cool like to me that's really cool I'd be really happy if like sometimes I go on like groups or whatever or pages and I like I write like oh I had this really weird experience with your product or something and then 
I would love to be like, oh, I'm so sorry you had that. Like, let me just uh, figure that out for you and see a little video. And I think that other people on that thread would really appreciate that. A hundred percent. So I think the, the fun thing about communities is, first of all, you get to engage with your users. They're passionate about your product. You know they care. So basically, you're getting the highest quality of interaction, feedback on your product, and understanding like the vibe around it. So, yeah, you can ask about, hey, what features do you want? So I get feedback. But you can also see what people are complaining about, what they're missing in your product. You can actually see it from, like, the undertone more than you can have, the subtext more than you can even see with. Do you remember I told you I love HR and I love, like, bothering HR and every company? Yeah. So I created in on The Pulse, which is now Monday, Yeah. Um, I created a, a group called uh, Hashtag Wix Problems when I worked, worked at Wix. And I... I and I thought it was such a clever idea because it was a place where everyone can complain, but at the same time, we could do it in a funny way. Yep. So, like, people would complain that they didn't have uh, lactose, like the, I don't know, uh, dairy-free milk in the fridge. And then you take a picture of it, and you see there's 45,000 different types of milks at Wix. They have the 1%, the 3%, the, the this, the almond yeah. milk, the this. And they're complaining about that, which I do hashtag Wix problems. But I thought it was a very interesting place for, for HR to use. So when I left Wix, I actually went up to HR and I said, guys... I had this group I opened. It actually really runs. People really put content here. It's funny. It's engaging. They enjoy it. And some of these things have truths. Like people are actually concerned with little like things that are going on in the office and they're posting it there. And I said, I think that you guys at HR should take over this group and continue it, which I don't think they did. But at the same yeah. time, it was a very nice thing to have like a an open opportunity for people. Right. That's what these things are used for, like Monday and, and stuff besides being a, you know, time management, project management thing, which is something they moved into, uh, I'd say, in the last couple of years. Back at Wix, it was mostly like a Facebook, internal Facebook thing where everyone could chat and talk about stuff. Right. So, yeah, I think that that's, that, like, I'm also saying, like, that community that you think outside and users is great, but for HR people and companies, that's even a great 100%. opportunity to have, like, an idea of what's really going on. 100%. But I love the fact that all of them really invested in the personal networking and in, in the getting to know you, their users. I think that's one of the biggest things, like, uh, like early-stage companies can do. I think that's a big part of Elementor's success was that they were so tied up with their um, with their users and what they need and the ecosystem they were living in. And I think this is why he said like influencer marketing at the beginning worked so well for them because they really knew what their audience needed and who their audience are. So everything they did was really feeding into that, that need. And you can do, and the community thing. So the community for Elementor was also interesting because they didn't open it, but and they also didn't try to take over it. They just partnered out with the guy who opened it. So this is like really appreciating your users. This is like really yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, they he said it in two different things. He said it on the on a product hunt. Yeah, right. And he said on the thing that people that that's that's really yeah. cool because you're you're basically this is the best way to empower your users to be a part of the journey. So I really like that they all went to the community thing. Uh, what's your another my next one? Another um, insight. I kind of want to jump to to fucked up nights. All right, that's a, that's uh, I with Leora. A comment here. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay, because I. All right. That's a one two three. I have so you two, say, no, I have two. I'm not sure which one I'm going with yet. Well, okay, so let's no, let's do a one two three, and the three both say what was the thing we wanted the inside was. All right, all right, fine. Okay. One two three, three location. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I was going to say it's the circles of, like, how they yeah, got yeah, yeah. location. That was actually, like, the really impactful thing where she turned around. And, oh, wait, now I want to see if it's the actual thing about location. But for me, it was when she turned around and she said, Point, huh? you you kind <laughs> of think of it as, like, circles. And you kind of have, like, you want to, like, bridge out a little bit. So you still have the community mm-hmm. that you have coming already. 
and you have a little bit of more so that more people can approach it and feel like it's around them, which was really cool. Right. I love that. I thought that was great. Because once you do it the first time or like a couple times in one location, you've already got dedicated people who know who you are. Right. And then you say, okay, people who enjoy it and want to come back, they'll come back. And people, now I need to branch out a little. And you're like, oh, so then. And I thought that that was not only great for like, you know, for events, but I think that's how you do it in in everything, in every type of like, you have a product and you're focusing on a certain target audience. Instead of jumping around and saying, uh, who else is signing up for whatever reason they wrote on the list of reasons we asked them when we sent the survey, <laughs> you actually turn around and say, if this is it, this is the one closest to it, we'll still have people that are back and forth in between right. them, that's how I should move. It's kind of like a leak from one to the other. Yeah, you can kind of like leak, and then you'll still have people engaged that are maybe like, like it's like saying um, like a designer and front-end uh, developer, right? So you turn around and say, okay, so... You have a lot of people in your design community, and now you have designers who are learning front end or After Effects and stuff like that. And you can kind of, you can kind of move into that realm and still get the p- designers that you right. currently have who are using that and that, and get new people from the After Effects community or from like, uh, uh, what's it called, it, uh, front end developers and stuff. Right. So you can you can kind of like that's the right way to move. Yeah. And not the way that we think where, like, you sent a survey and you said, what are you using our product for? And they're like, I'm using it. And you have three options there. Are you using it for your SMB, for your marketing, <laughs> right. for your this? And you're like, that's not it. Like, also, also, I love it because I think the more social media, for example, is going is like it's getting more fragmented in terms of, like, there's more information about who you are and you can segment it by a whole bunch of things. Still thinking about things as, are you SMB? Oh, we got the answer for you. Are you interested? We got it. Like, that's not the way. Yeah. Because, like, the process, I, I, I gave this talk to, uh, like, an accelerator two weeks ago or a week ago, and I was talking about, it's not B2C, B2B anymore. It's like, there's a B2C, there's a B2B, there's a big, like, there's a B2BB, which is, like, a bigger, uh, yeah. uh, and there's, like, B2, Like, enterprise, kind no, of. No, so there's that, and there's, like, a B2E, and there's a B2G. B to G. Business to government. So oh, like okay. Look yeah. at you. No, I, no I had some <laughs> the fun. The army? No, no uh, the army or, or when you're selling a lot of things that is like more... Um, so you're working with the people who created the Terminator. Like, that's what's happening yes. right now. The, we need to sell this to the government. Yeah. <laughs> this was, we growth hacked Arnold Schwarzenegger nice. into being who it is. Uh, no, but but it's getting more and more fragmented, not just be- because you can target and the, the process looks different and there's so many different ways to target. So when you're doing like a smaller B2B, then content marketing and LinkedIn, all those, like really, all the content marketing hacks might be really, really, really good. When you go to like the bigger B, like B2, business to business, but it's like bigger, then you have a process that is a little bit different and you usually have to go a little bit more into like maybe account-based marketing or maybe like you're targeting sp- so specific people in the organization that uh, might not be the person like who's looking for content anymore, or you have to talk to a few different people in that organization. Yeah, so that's why process. that's why I always jump to the B to C is the only real thing that goes on because in my head, or it's H to H, right? That yeah. whole concept where you turn around and say, in the end, you have to talk to some person in the company, and that one person needs to have like the communication that you need. He has the same fears as you. He's afraid he's yeah, going to lose but, his job. But, he needs to impress but his the boss. Channels, blah, blah, blah. The ch- so for example, if you're doing B to E. I think, like, and you say, hey, do I need an amazing marketer? Yeah, but he's not going to, probably not going to get you the leads you're looking for. If you're an early stage startup, once you have scale in terms of marketing, yeah, yeah. it's a different thing. But what you really need is, like, this 80s guy who finished Harvard and has a crazy roller decks of possible yeah, clients. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And, like, you need somebody who's, like, a great biz dev. That's your marketing at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, I actually had this the other day. This is, like, really, like, a little off topic, but, like, 
I was sitting, I was saying, my dad is this like, you know, he's worked so hard in his life and he's made all these connections and all these people. And I'm like, what the fuck does it really, uh, you know, do for him today? I was like, and then my brother's like, what do you mean what he does for today? When you make a phone call and make a connection for someone, you might make, you know, a couple thousand dollars. When he makes it, he makes a million dollars. That's what it did for him. His is the old Rolodex where it goes and makes massive deals. And if he's taking 10%, then he's making millions of dollars. So I was like, damn it. (laughs) We we had a client, I think, four or five years ago. Four years ago. Almost four years ago. How old are we? No, it's just (laughs) too old. And when we start saying stuff in the stories, we're like... Ten years ago, yeah. when I had this one client. Yeah, uh, so uh, I think this this was pre-stardom, uh, something else I was trying to build. So we had this client that we've been working with for almost a year. The results were okay. Uh, it was not like we didn't. It wasn't accelerated. Its growth was not accelerated in terms of uh, of like hitting the big lines they wanted to hit. And we parted ways in a friendly manner because it just didn't work out. And I met with the founder, like, uh, six months later, we meet for coffee every once in a while. We're still good friends. And he said, yeah, we got this and this and this. And this. Crazy big clients. And my ego was kind of hurt because, like, so what's your marketing yeah, strategy? What are you doing right fucker. now? <laughs> yeah, I was like, is it in-house? Are you, he's like, you what's know, his name? You have, like, an in-house marketer? Is, is he me. better than me? Don't tell me his name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he said, no, but what we did is that our board uh, just came to us and said, like, here, he's a biz dev from New York. He studied in Colombia or whatever. Uh, and he did this for five years as a business for this other company. <coughs> they say what this guy did is that he came on board the first week. He just kind of set up his CRM with people he knows. And he just started calling his friends, people he worked with. Yeah. Came, pitch the product, sold. Came, pitch the product, sold. Because there's no cycle. Yeah. <coughs> and he said, like, this got us into, like, a million dollar or two million dollar revenue, yearly revenue now. Just because this guy had his 15 yeah. people he can call up. So he got, like, the NBA as a client. He got, like, Uber as a client. And and we're saying, it's not a marketing thing. Like, there was nothing a market... Like, no marketer could have done... Yeah. Could have got that client without that hook. Uh, you could have get leads, maybe. Yeah, and it would be a long yeah. cycle. And um, so, so I don't know how we got from Lior's advice to this one. But, wow. Uh, no, but we did. It's no, fine. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, branching out, growing. That's what it basically was. Yeah. It was her turning so, around. So what I liked, what I really liked about the advice, I, as you said, it's, I think it's solid on not only for geographical, but it was first of all about understanding how you make your same marketing, your same product approachable to different areas just by moving a little bit. And I think it has something a lot. That's to actually do with, really cool. So you don't actually need to adapt the marketing too much. Like you're by by kind of moving it just a little bit. You, yeah. You're still working on the same persona, almost. Like, it has mm. small changes, but I'm not sure you have to, like, revamp everything. Yeah, I, I the way I would frame this is that this is something that your persona one, persona two can talk about together. Yeah. Versus just, like, this direction and this direction. You can actually say, hey, if I talk about this and this, so now the guy from marketing can come up to the front-end developer and they have a common share information. It's like, hey, I saw this interesting video you might be interested in, just because it kind of crossed over a little yeah. bit. Um it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and and I th- and I think that in terms of uh, we talked earlier about distribution. At that books. point, what you need to do is you just need to look at the differences. You just like like you have a persona one and persona you know two, and yeah. then you're basically saying so persona one exists for the most part in, in persona two, and all we need to do is find the only things that don't really connect the differences, and, and those are the ones that we need to just right. adapt the marketing right. to. I in the, in the terms of the, the moving the geography a little bit. Uh, so we talked earlier about distribution hooks. I think it's kind of 
the same mantra because in a way what you're going to do is that uh, what, what you're actually doing is you're kind of touching upon yeah, one's like yeah and yeah so you're basically like saying hey when I t- when I talk about this location I can only be relevant to this sort of people but if I go to this new location I'm like I, I have a reason to a spe- I have out. a reason to speak with these people saying hey we're coming there you like you're like you don't have to go to center of Tel Aviv now to enjoy like uh, whatever we're doing we're going to where you are now um, and just moving around a little bit and you collect and it's like compound wins. Because it's not like every event you get like one million new people, you got like twenty more loyal fans, twenty more loyal fans, and they bring in the rest. Um, no, so uh, okay, so then the other thing she said, which was a little less marketing, but it was more, it was interesting to me, which was um, she said about the epiphanies on stage that happen. Okay, and I thought that was really cool because it's kind of like. Sometimes as a brainstorming, you don't really need other people in the room that are going to be as creative or, or crazy. You just need to have people. Mm-hmm. You need to talk out something. You need to like, like put it out, out of your body, out of your head, outside. Yeah. And that kind of like moment that she spoke about, she spoke about like people go on stage and they talk about their biggest failure. And a, a lot of the time you have this magical moment where you, everyone in the audience is watching a person have an epiphany. Yeah about an, a massive, you know, mistake that they made and how it might have made changes or anything in their life, or even to have, like, a solution that might be another idea that's a new business idea or a new thing, all based on the fact that they were, you know, just saying it out loud with other people, just re- just watching their faces, having the, or even just, like, having it outside and having it out in the world and just having this moment to relook at it and, right. and see if a new person. I thought that was really cool. Like, yeah. um, you know, that happens to you, and it's cool. But I think that I would be very interested in seeing that happen to someone on stage, like to have someone have that moment and just go, you know, because when you have it, you see this, like, I'm assuming it's more like an RR kind of thing. You have this, like, feeling of, like, warmth because the guy all of a sudden, like, says something and then he looks away for a second and he has a little bit of a smile, a little bit of a grin that you're like, what the fuck is happening? Then it has, like, a five-minute song about the change. Yeah, that and the tiny orgasm on stage. But generally, (laughs) (laughs) but that sounded really cool to me. And I was like, all right. This That's is this thing. is why you have to wear stretchy pants for. That's uh, right. You wear sweatpants to fuck nice. <laughs> and strip clubs. Uh, uh, oh, dude, no. <laughs> no That's just bad. Uh, the Yotpo one is where so, you go next, right? Yeah, um, but it annoys me because I've said it so much, but I really love it. So um, I, I'm, I'm, I want to I want to take first tense in this and just like say the one thing that I like, like the overall thing that I really liked about the, how they looked at things. I love the fact that everybody talks about that the world is visual, Instagram, video, etc. Yeah. But you still go into a room talking about your website or online content and people start with words. Yeah. What I really liked about what he did is two things. First of all, that he was open-minded enough to say, wait, that process is broken uh, and change it and not just go through like the, the guidebook on how you do conversion rate optimization. Um and I like the fact that they took this information, they took this feedback from the world, saying the world is more visual. And they turn and say, hey, let's start with visual. Like, if this, is what, this is what people care. Let's not use visuals to support the text we're going to write. Let's use text to support the visuals we're going to present. Yeah, it's the, um, what was it? The, Chris the Rock. old switcheroo. No, no Chris, Rock said it in the, <laughs> Chris Rock said it in one of his stand-ups where he turns around and he said, like, you know, when you, your first date, you're, me- you're meeting the ambassador. You're like, you meet the person. It's all about the appearance and what's going on. 
Right. And then obviously, you know, after that, you get into the depth of what the person is and what they feel and what they're thinking. But like, that's what it is. You come to a website and it's speed dating and visually you just need to connect and you need to understand what's going on. Right. And if you don't, then why the hell would I start reading? Right. A lot of the time, by the way, I go to websites and I'm looking for the video or, yeah. I even, or even I don't go to the website. I go straight to YouTube looking for a video explaining what this thing is that we're going to do. With 100%. Them. Because I just need the I just need the visual. I need it there. I'm not going to start reading a whole bunch of stuff. Right, but the, so so this is what I what I love so much about how you reframe the conversation about this, because usually this conversation would end up saying we need a good sentence, we need a good hook, like when like the pitch isn't good enough, the the headline is not good enough. Well, he came up and say, well, the, you're basically struggling to get people to read the first line that you wrote because they're too like because their mind is tuned into something else. So instead of keep fighting on this element that is almost so hard to attain now. Go to the other thing. Go to the visual. Like, you know the... Yeah, we should probably state that what he said, just for a clean fact, is he turned around and said, um, "I'm you work with content, then you go to the design, and that's how you usually make a website. But it didn't make sense to us. We decided to go to design and then to content because I felt that the design needed to be able to give you the feeling and, and really get you to understand and click with the, the website before you read the content. And that was what he said, and we were like, that was really impressive. Yeah. Of, that, cor- of course, the other thing that I'm, I'm, t- like, that I'm really into is the, the, the way he is. managed the project in the office. Yes, I know. Like the responsibility thing. Like, the again, it's the same thing I did with the, with the Fuck Up Nights now, where I took it also to the, like, the psychological and emotional standpoint. But I think that, God damn, it's, it, it's the number one thing every company wants to do. When you come in, you're like, we just need to revamp this website. And it is the hardest project to get going. Right. Like, you need to have some serious, like, gasoline and, like, you know, to just start moving it. Right. Right? You need to have, like, the people on top, on bottom, everyone to agree with you and to kind of move it. And, like, to turn around and say, you know, the my my tool is to use something everyone's afraid of. Right? Even yeah. him. Right? Everyone, like, I, I was just saying this before to you. I was saying, like, as a creative, you just need to, you need to be so sure of yourself. And so you need to have so much confidence that, like, people believe that they should listen to it. So... He must have had so much confidence to turn around and do what he did, which he turned around and said, the number one thing that people are afraid of in an office is accountability. Right. No one wants to be accountable for what they're doing. They don't want to be accountable for a project. Everything is a try. Everything is a, like, and I was also watching, what's his name? Simon, uh, the Sinek. guy from, maybe, yeah. yeah. The guy with the Y? So, yeah. yeah. So he was like talking and he was saying like, we are, like we don't have empathy in their office in our offices anymore. He says like, it should be a thing where we're, making people feel like, you know, we care about who they are and what's going on with them, to, and that's why their work is being affected. And what we're doing instead is we're making everyone feel accountable to everything all the time, and we're making them feel like they're going to get fired. So the same thing. He said this tool, <laughs> he's used this this huge fear that people have as a tool to help protect himself enough to get the project out. Right. So Which is like, to like, say, oh, if you want... If you want me to change that feature, this is what he said in the thing. He was like, if you wanted me to change that feature, no problem. All the accountability for this project is on me right now. But if you want me to change the feature, we'll share the accountability and people just run right. in the other direction. Like I could because, imagine. Because like, most people don't really go into the project. They just come, they throw their opinion without getting the big yeah, picture. Yeah, they're not doing the research or doing yeah. stuff. They just say their opinion they, and they expect you to do it because like you're now the servant of the company building this thing right. and I want this. So awesome. So awesome to use that as a weapon against other people. What one of the things I love that uh, it's as like well. A knife. <laughs> no, yeah, because, Come here, because eventually everybody wants to share their opinion just because they want to voice it out. Doesn't matter. like 
doesn't matter why. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's there's a thing, there's a. I think you visualize in your head when you share an opinion that they're going to do it, and then all of a sudden everyone in the office is going to uh, pick you up on their shoulders. And be like, Thank God yeah, he said not yeah. to change the button to yellow. <laughs> yeah, this it, guy's it, the king. You're going to have like the story of like, yeah, well, you know, the side almost tanked, and then I changed the button for him. Yeah, like, and then like, it, it did some work. And then the, the CEO came up to me and he was like, Jonathan. Tears. Here, tears. Here's a check for a million dollar bonus. Oh my God. For me, all I did was change the color. No. No. You did so much more. You <laughs> voiced your opinion when we needed to hear it. No, is, is that like all you did was change the button? Dude, changing the button was the website. Yeah. That's, oh my God. <laughs> it's like Google search, like the search. Uh, so uh what what I what I liked about this in terms of the opinion thing was that first of all, yeah, the accountability makes you kinda rethink your opinion. Yeah. It also kinda shuts you up when you just like don't really know what you're talking about, which yeah. is what most people do. And that's uh, what I say to my wife now when we're dealing with the kids. I'm just like, You wanna be accountable for what's gonna happen in the future? <laughs> you really wanna have him eat that chocolate sandwich? You wanna be accountable for it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but and just first as you said, people kinda run off from it and um it just frames the conversation so differently. So because like, hey, if you want to share your opinion, do you want to like, do you have what it takes to back it up? Yeah. And a lot of times, I think people. So there's a, there's a lyric by Conor Burst saying like that's that's the thing about charisma. It gets everyone to believe, right? Okay. So, so there's a lot of time when you walk into the room or somebody walks into a room or situation, says something, he's super confident about it, and it's bullshit. Not not because he's stupid or whatever, just yeah. because like the, the you know. I had this thing now in a company that I'm... I have it all the time. Yeah. I say stuff all the time. No, so, no, so. I had this thing with, with a company that I'm consulting now. I'm consulting their VP growth. And they kind of walked through the onboarding process together. And I said, listen, I think they didn't have any faces of people or anything. I said, like, your product is so people-oriented. You have to have, like, a picture of somebody. Like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't make sense. And I was saying that. I gave this entire speech about why it has to be that. And then, like, their market said, like, yeah, we tested it. It didn't work. Yeah, I hate that. No, but that, <laughs> no, that was great. I mean, no, no, it's true. I get what you're saying. After but... every consultation or every talk that I speak with with the client or their marketing team, I say, listen, whatever I just said, it's a test idea. Everything I said might be super, like, it might be the brightest thing you've ever heard or super stupid. Yeah. If you test it out there and I'm wrong, and I might be wrong, and I always might be wrong. Um, so test it out. It's like the fact that somebody came and said, this is Roy, he's a growth hacker, he's worked with this and this and this, like, he's important, we pay him. Yeah. Listen now to he's him. he's the smartest person in the world. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, I might not be, I have opinions right now until I tested everything, it's just opinions. Yeah. That's actually the interesting thing also, I was I was trying to explain this to also someone, I was saying, um, wait, basically there, everything There's a catch a, there, but you say yours uh, and sorry. then I'm going to say the catch. No, I was just going to say, everything is a test. We keep thinking like it's going to be a game where you win or lose, but it's not a win or lose yeah. situation. It's a test. Every move you make, every decision, everything is a I'll test to lead to next. I'll be watching you. Uh, no, but like, <laughs> did you see that before? I think you saw you saying it when we were starting, like you were humming it. All right, sorry. No, no, no. Anyways, but, um, <laughs> no, but, uh, it really is. It's all tests. Like it's everything's a test so, to lead on and keep going and keep moving. It's a living organism. A company. It's not so a win or lose. I'm, I'm going to say there's a. So there's a catch here. There's a big difference if you do this as outsourced or in house. As in house, everything's a process. You come today. It doesn't matter what happens today. You're going to come into work tomorrow. I you're don't gonna... know if what you're saying is about to be true. Because I'm, you're thinking about your in-house thing where you deal a lot with data and stuff. No, no, no. Wait, no, no. Wait, hear me out. Because I'm creative. No, no. Hear me Even out. Even when I come from externally, 
it's a process for me. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. I'm going to reframe what the process means. Um, so if you're an in-house marketer, A-B tester, whatever, uh, every day you're going to go into the office and there's going to be more work to be done. So a test, another test, this is what you do. You do a series of things. When you come as an outside consultant, this is something I actually had a talk with one of my clients. And we came in, we did the process, we talked about this, and I'm like, okay, this is a bunch of tests. We had, I had this actually with two clients in the past six months. This is why it kind of resonates with me. Uh, and after like two months of working together, we got some progress. And he said, listen, dude, like, if I want to move step by step, I would learn things internally. I want you to come and give me answers. And I was like, yeah, but like, it does, it's like it's not how it works. Like I, can, like, I can tell you do this and this and this and this, and it might work amazingly and might fail. So my, my best practices or the, or the opinions I give you are more based than others, and there's some wins that can almost be guaranteed. But it's not like do this and this and this, bye, yeah. you, you're good. You're going to have a million dollars in your bank account. By the right. Day. So, no. so you know that strategically, and I've said strategically, a lot of the things that you do are going to take time. Like the compounding wins going to take time. So even if like the 5% increase in conversion rate like might not be a big deal month, this month, but accumulated to the whole year, it's like a lot of money. And so we present a test that has like 2.5% increase or, or a 1.5% increase. And you're like, yeah, but that's not, the, that's not the win that I was looking for. Well, it's compounding. Yeah. It's worth a lot of money in the ongoing and you keep testing. Uh, but two times they say, like, dude, we hired you because we want you to say this is what we do. Like we didn't, we don't, we don't want to. Like even if it's just an opinion, I don't want my team hearing this is an opinion. I want my team, uh, I want my team like uh, listening and just doing whatever the fuck you say they should do because that's how it works. You need to come in, you tell them what to do, they execute. And yeah, my grandpa used to say to me, the the best doctor in the world is the one who doesn't stop learning after med school. Yeah. Like, that's the concept. So you got to keep moving, keep learning. And it's not this concept of, I'm going to give you the solution. If you went to a doctor who thinks he knows everything from the day one, then it's not a good doctor. Yes you know, yes and no. Because you go to the doctor and you expect him to know what, what medicine you need to get. Or yeah, what, he should or, have accumulated knowledge. That's great. But if he turns around and doesn't offer you to go do tests before he gives you the medicine, that's a bad doctor. No, yeah. But again, there's, like, there's a scope of, there's, like a, there's a big enough issues that you might feel or have that your doctor can solve right away. And there's this other bunch, which is like, we need to test further. You know? Yeah. You come, yeah. In, you come with an aching throat. He's not going to, oh, you need to have some blood samples. No, he's not going to give you antibiotics. He's going to go make you do a throat culture before you go do the antibiotics. No. I've never, no. You have a horrible doctor, man. No. I, it, We've just learned that you have the worst no, doctor. That, a if doctor, you throat, a doctor can see throat. if you have an infection or it's like a... If it's leg. a severe amount, but if not, it's not. Some people have it like you can see it and some people don't. Mm. And there's like a lot of different no, things. Yeah, so, so usually... I know, I've had strep. <laughs> <laughs> they call it something else. What is streptococcus? Yeah. That's what they call it, which is just which gross is cute. and cute at the same time. Yeah, it's like a Pokemon. If you think it's like about a sick it, Pokemon. Yeah, if you think of you looking in someone's throat and you see streptococcus, that you imagine you're seeing some coconut stuff in there and that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's going to die. <laughs> Wait, I have, I, I, I have one. I have one that this is interesting. Yeah, I really liked. I don't remember which episode it was. Ah, I think I do. You How don't to have grow your Instagram to thirty-five thousand followers in the. Oh yes, that's oh, a yeah. nice episode. It was a quote by this guy named Roy Pavarcik. That uh, asshole. No, he he actually so and something. Why did he say share share? Uh, he said like <laughs> a lot of interesting stuff. Um, yeah, a bunch of was your favorite episode. I think it was Ever? one of my favorites. I mean, that guy was really Top smart. Three? Top five? <sighs> 
I think everyone should listen to that one. I, I um, repeat. There was a, there was, so some of the stuff I implemented and it really immediately started working. I started seeing lots of growth and everything. Uh, the 30 hashtags immediately, great. I, I see, like, I totally see that if I don't post it, if I post images, which I'm so done with posting images on Instagram, it's like so not relevant to me at this point. But if I do it, I get more followers. If I don't, I don't get more followers. And right. I, you know, the 30 hashtags, you know, uh, 10 super, super like popular ones, 10 this, 10 this, great, works amazing. Um, and adding text to your videos, a lot more stuff going on, a lot more engagement, a lot more people actually, you know, connecting. Mm -hmm. That was super helpful. There's one that I haven't done yet, which I am assuming is the difference between me getting a, a 10 followers here and there to getting, let's say, thousands of followers. The shout-out for shout-outs or the... Uh... No, the shout-out for shout-outs, I can... Yeah, but it's also you need a shout-out like, from someone popular. And that, and now using what you just said about the... Uh, what did you say? What, hook? The yeah, hook? distribution hooks. I'm going to use distribution hooks to try to get more popular Instagrammers to to yeah. shout me out. Um, I don't By the way, sometimes I feel weird because I, I also know my wife argues with you on something like that. Like, you say something like that, I'm going... Yeah, but when someone popular on Instagram posts like, oh, I'm with this person, they hashtag it. I'm like, I don't really follow him. And then like my wife also like went to you and uh, you did like, uh, this is funny because she was like, I'm arguing with Roy on the, on the thing. I'm like, ooh, about a marketing uh, thing? She's like, yeah. I'm like, you so, wrote about email marketing. Yeah. And she was like, I don't even open those emails. But you immediately, if you would have called me, I would have told you the one sentence you need to say to her. Yeah, you're not the demographic because you're one of those people who have zero emails in your inbox. She's one of those people, oh. which I'm. There's not a lot of people like that on the planet that the, just go with zero. I think that on the next episode, we're going to talk about your marriage. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a problem. <laughs> like being married zero to emails. A, in, no, my, my Sometimes she goes to my email. That's insane. <laughs> this, like, no, it's it's not. You've never come to a situation where you come to your email and you go, "Where the fuck is all my emails?" And then you find out she made folders for each thing. Wait, 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 wait. Is she at inbox zero? Or uh, everything in a folder person. No, she's an inbox That's a zero. Whole no, 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 person. she's inbox zero. Um, but I think she does have some follows, a, fo a folder mm, somewhere. No, dude, that's just like, like hiding your shit in the closet. No. But sometimes you need to save. No. Stuff. No. What do you never put hard copy? <laughs> <laughs> I have a folder. I have a on, folder uh, in my living room. An old room. fashioned folder. It opens and closes like the <laughs> with a little tab no, on the top. No, for me it's either. Do you write top secret on so, it? So so for <laughs> me it's either st if it's still open it's it's gonna go to Monday. The, the tool. Okay. Sponsors? No, they're Wait. not sponsors. Uh, no. Could be. But uh, we're going to have Michal Lupo coming in next week from their product growth team. My good friend, I think, just became their CMO from Wix. Friend of mine from Wix. I'm, I'm, do we need to edit this out? I don't, oh. know. I don't know if it's... Uh, oh, really? I don't yeah, know. I had this conversation yesterday with a VC. He was a good, good friend. I was like saying things that... And he's like, oh, they raised money? I didn't know. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so no, I um, think he got the job already. I think he might be there. No, but I don't but, know if they're, if they're promoting it. All right. Yet. Uh, Cut. Yeah. That's so cool she's coming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she, yeah, she's amazing. Actually, we have a crazy story because uh, I was introduced to her by Shirley, who's the product manager who I worked with. Well, I didn't work with, but she like we did a lot of product interviews together. And so Michal, and I, I'm going to embarrass her by saying this, so she said, like, maybe, like, we have a product growth marketer. His name is Michal uh, Lupo. And I was like, I heard this name in the past. And I looked at her up on Facebook. I was like, she, well, it wasn't really dating, but she was like, 
I'm doing air quotes dating a friend of mine when we were in like I'm doing I, no, air no. quotes I like how you because you can't see yeah it. you can't see it that's the problem with the he video he did air quotes like 30 times trying to figure out when no, no. I'm just kidding uh, like he didn't move his hands yeah he didn't do air quotes he just said he does and she kind of dated a friend of mine when we were not in high school like well, why do you call like a khatifa like a uh, not elementary um, yeah it's like they were 13 years old okay yeah. so it was funny because like it's not really dating right but they were like uh, they were like Kita, like, a, like they held hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I was like, oh, and I didn't hear about you for like twenty years. For so that's interesting, and that was funny because anyway, um, why? Well, like, we just need to edit all these like last ten minutes out. No, that was the bullshit I, talk. what I was trying to say was the last thing I didn't do yet, which is really hard for me to do, but I understand that I need to do it. Is that you said you need to go and like people like you so that the algorithm can start understanding who you are. Yeah, which bums me the fuck out. Yeah, because... Like, because I hate everyone who does what I do because I'm like, stop copying me. Or I'm copying them and yeah. I'm like, I don't want people to know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it's weird. But I understand that it's definitely important. So that's my quote from the Roy episode. Thanks, Roy. Are you trying to push me towards quoting you from you the creative process episode? It's okay. I'm famous now for my creative uh, process episode. You are. You became a rock... Like, you did three interviews lately. You became a rock star with these three interviews. It was really cool. I understand completely now, like, why you need to do as many interviews as possible. It's been really fun because you just talk about whatever you want to talk about, like we do here, and people start contacting you and be like, hey, yeah, this like, is you're, awesome. like, you're, like, like we didn't do it with your friends, and you're like, oh, he talks about this one thing all the time. God damn it. And then you're in the interview, and it's like... This was the most interesting was person in the world. Yeah. And it's kind of like, like you telling like, that story you've always told at home and your wife's like, oh, uh, God, he's telling the story again. But everyone else at the table is like, this is the best story I've ever heard. Right. The, the thing I love most about doing interviews is that they have to hype you at the beginning and they have to say like all these like, they, because they have to hype their listeners on why like this episode is going to yeah. be interesting. In and, mine, they, and they, they say just, things about it and you're like, oh, I am this person. Am. No, and mine, they didn't know what to say. They're like, Jonathan, can you please explain to us what you are? Because we've actually, we're super excited. We get here, but we talk to you for a couple of minutes. Like, oh, this guy's doing really cool stuff. Can you say it? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to say it any shorter than an hour. And they're like, that's the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just talk about who you are for an hour. I really, I want to thank everyone, by the way, for the people who have been interviewed. Uh, we're going to keep trying to bring you guys the best of the best, which we've had so far, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we had, I, I think we had like a mixture of amazing people, just how interesting they are, and also people who usually don't talk that much about what they do. Yeah. And, uh, and we had like the biggest pleasure in having them here, and they were all amazing. And if you, if you guys have a suggestion of someone you would like uh, to have on here, just... Like, tag him on one of our Instagram posts or, or just shoot yeah. him out to us. We'd love to – we'll approach these people and get them on here and we'll learn from them, all of us together. I mean, honestly, I think the best episodes – when people ask me, what are the best episodes you have? It's always the episodes that Roy and I are sitting here really interested in what they have to say. And it's not – sometimes it's things that we, we've heard, but now it's in a new perspective or in some way right. we're learning something new about it. So, guys, we love you. Like, subscribe. Review, Tell a friend, review, share, tattoo, tag, tattoo, strike gold on your arm. Send us a picture of that. I would like to post that. Um, yeah. Also, I'm going to tease out. We're going to do a giveaway soon. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's oh, gonna, man. It's going to be... You so- guys, you yeah. guys, you have no idea. Seriously, these people who come here, the guests, are freaking awesome. Um, should we talk about, like, what it is? Should we tell them? Uh, no. I want to save it for Christmas, to be honest. I don't know why. I just feel like it's, okay, let's it's like it the Christmas. best freaking present in the world for Christmas. Yeah, okay. All right. So we're going to do a fun giveaway. Um, and it's going to be awesome. So, uh, But if you didn't review and subscribe, you can't yeah. win. 
So <laughs> send your donations now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, all right. So bye. Yeah, bye. This is sad. Oh, I know. That's uh, awesome. Uh, prizes. Prizes. Woo! Prizes! We'll be here next week. Bye.